the Russia-Ukraine war enters its third month, food security now takes global center stage. How does India's flip-flop on wheat exports actually affect its foreign policy? Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me, Sohasini Heather. This is episode 62, being recorded on May the 20th, 2022. Now this week, the UN really took up global food security on a war footing, the Ukraine war that is, which has led to a slump in wheat production from a region known as the world's bread basket. Russia and Ukraine, remember, combined together account for 25% of the world's wheat exports and imports. India is, of course, is the world's second largest wheat producer, but it is also one of its biggest consumers. So when the government decided last week to ban or put a complete stop on wheat exports in the face of climbing wheat prices, inflation within, there were many protests from the international community. Now, there are a number of videos and in fact graphic explainers on the Hindu's website www.thehindu.com and these deal with the technicalities of wheat shortages, the prices, as well as the reasons domestically for the ban. So here on Worldview, we're going to tell you a little bit more about the foreign policy impact. As we speak, as I said, the UN Security Council debate is underway on how to stabilize world food prices as well as supply amidst the pandemic and now the war and of course climate change is another big problem. A UNGA vote on the issue is expected as well so that could happen next week. And then at the G7 agricultural meet ministers meeting, now remember the G7 is the seven most industrialized nations of the world. This was held in Germany last week and India was quite openly criticized for its wheat export ban decision with the German Minister for Agriculture actually saying India must assume its responsibility as a G20 member and also added if everyone starts to impose export restrictions or to close markets that would simply worsen the crisis. Then there were comments from the US's UN envoy Linda Thomas-Greenfield who also criticized the decision saying that the US discourages this kind of protective action and then calling on India to reconsider its ban especially once the UN Security Council meet was over. Interestingly, China appears to have backed India's right to secure its own food security. In a BRICS speech, a speech to the BRICS foreign ministers, President, Chinese President Xi Jinping spoke of unity amongst emerging markets. And of course, what is seen as a state-controlled global times had a rare defense in an editorial on India where it said that instead of blaming India, G7 countries themselves should step up wheat exports. And then there was this stray comment from Pakistan's foreign minister who also weighed in saying that while it is obviously the decision of the Indian government, such actions like the ban are being discouraged at multilateral fora. So everyone seems to have had something to say about India's wheat export ban. But what has India said about its need to impose that very sudden ban on wheat exports and we'll tell you how sudden in just a bit but first here is India's really its justifications or its explanation. The first of course that there was a heat wave in March and April which was unexpected and it has reduced India's projection of wheat production this year. It was expected to be over 110 million tons in fact exports were expected to be very high over 10 million tons being exported this year was projected and many have said this was going to be a new record. But that production itself seems to be pegged now from 110 to below 100 million tons. It could be in the 90s. And so its plans to export, as I said, about 10 million tons a year this year 
seems to have been hit. Now, secondly, the government says its export ban remains flexible. Any confirmed orders where LCs or lines of credit have already been opened, these will not be included. The government will consider on a case-by-case -case basis requests from neighboring countries and from vulnerable countries that are facing food emergencies on a government-to-government -government level, saying that the countries that don't necessarily need wheat immediately should not be allowed to buy it at present. An eight-point solution, which was put out by the Minister of State, Murli Dharan, there at the UN Security Council, included a call to ending the Ukraine war, saying this is going to help the situation, nothing else. Recognition of the impact of the war on the global south in particular, which has been hit by food inflation, obviously, the poorest countries, and calling for an end to international hoarding and speculation. India then said, look at our track record. We've helped countries in the past bilaterally with food exports when they needed it, like the wheat to Afghanistan that's now on its way, or rice that was sent to Sri Lanka at the worst of its crisis, grains to Africa over time. Uh, so India saying that really we have a track record, don't give us any lectures. And number five, India has called for aid and assistance to be left as a sovereign decision, not for the world to politicize measures that have been taken in national security, which of course includes food security interests. So why did I er earlier refer to the policy as a series of flip-flops? One of the big problems with the policy has not been so much the ban, but everything that preceded it. And India's stand seems to have moved from one extreme to another in the past few months. So first, India had said it would speed up wheat exports given the crisis, given the rising prices of wheat around the world during the India-US summit. Remember, and we spoke about it at Worldview, which was held along with the 2 plus 2 in Washington on April 11th. Of course, it was a virtual summit. Prime Minister Modi had said that he had promised US President Biden that if the WTO permits, India could export wheat grains worldwide. So that was the Prime Minister's commitment. A few days later, April 22nd, Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman was also in Washington for the World Bank and IMF meetings. And she said that countries like India who could supply food grains were actually facing difficulties at the WTO. A few days later, at the Ricina Dialogue, we also heard External Affairs Minister Esther Shankar saying India was prepared to help the world with wheat supplies step up its role on cooling prices. And then we heard most significantly from Commerce Minister Piyush Goyal himself. And remember, he's also the Food Supplies Minister. So when he said that the government has stepped up its plans to export wheat, it has completed deals with countries like Egypt and Turkey, and in fact is dispatching teams, the, the Turkey ones were also under discussion, and, they, and India was going to dispatch teams to countries like Morocco, Tunisia, Algeria, Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand, and Lebanon, to discuss wheat export possibilities. So this was very much on the, on the schedule in May this year. Then came the shocker, as on May 13th, the government issued its order, which it said was banning all wheat exports until further notice. It also banned onion seeds and made it clear that this was going to be the government's response to the kind of soaring prices as I spoke about. And then subsequently, when the government came under pressure, it said, okay, there's a ban order, but here are many exceptions. So India will continue with all existing orders. It would consider countries' requests case by case, as I said, and hinted also that if wheat prices do come down, India could reconsider the ban. So this is where India's position has moved just in a few matter of few weeks. But the question is, how do these moves essentially, which are about India's domestic constraints, it is about fiscal policy, it is about 
its agricultural policy. How do these actually affect India's foreign policy? And we're going to take a look at this particular example and how it has affected India's foreign policy interests. The first is that a flip-flop of any kind undermines India's international credibility, especially during a time like COVID. Uh, we've seen similar promises and then bans that have marked the government's policy, which shifts from one to the other. In 2020, we saw bans followed by relaxations, followed by other bans on COVID medicines like HCQ and paracetamol. In 2021, India did the same with vaccines. After it opened up its vaccine maitri program, then shutting down all the vaccine exports until about September in the, uh, in the later part of 2021. So that was also something that had cost India, and we'd spoken about India's vaccine policy and how countries like Bhutan, Bangladesh, Nepal, were left high and dry at just the moment they needed it. And of course, the understanding is it was that India needed it for its own citizens at that time. The second part of the foreign policy impact is really that the US and the European Union were really hoping that India would step into the breach. Given the sanctions on Russia and the Ukrainian supply problem, India's ex offer to export wheat was really being seen as a step maybe away from its neutral position by offering to help counter Russia's actions. Remember, the US and the EU accused Russia of blockading Ukrainian ports, confiscating wheat production, hoarding wheat supplies, not allowing Ukraine to put its own wheat supplies out, and also of actually pro providing that wheat to countries that Russia has better ties with, like Syria. The third uh, impact is that India's decision to ban and control wheat is seen as a contravention of India's WTO commitments on free trade. Experts say this is an opportunity lost because Indian wheat, you know, and I said this a little earlier, India didn't actually export too much of its wheat. It consumed most of the wheat that it produces. And this was being seen by many exporters as an opportunity to show the quality of India's wheat, which is not so well known around the world, and to become a kind of pillar of food security in the world. So for the moment, those plans have been shelled. Then the fourth impact that wheat exports have now become a new area where India differs from the West, from the US and EU. And why do I say that? And we've dealt with this again and again on worldview where India differs, has refused to criticize Russia directly for its actions in Ukraine, abstained from all votes at the United Nations on the Ukraine war, Another one at the Human Rights Council last week, I think that was more than 12 or 13 now of those abstentions. Second, India continues, in fact, is stepping up its imports of oil from Russia as the West is trying to cut down and asking others to also cut down. According to estimates, India, in fact, imported more oil in two months, in fact, 2.5 times what it had done in all of 2021. In 2021, there were 16 million barrels in the two months since the war began. We've actually estimated, or Reuters has estimated, that India has imported about 40 million barrels of oil. Then India has also held rounds of negotiations to discuss circumventing the sanctions with Russia with the central bank. And this is something the West is particularly upset about this week. We are hearing about secondary sanctions against countries that are still working with Russia. The fifth impact is something we are more likely to hear about on the international stage in the next few weeks. Remember, Prime Minister Modi heads to the Quad Summit in Tokyo on May 24th. We'll tell you more about that once it happens. He will take part in a BRICS virtual summit as well, hosted by China significantly on June 23rd and 24th. And he's a special invitee along with leaders of Indonesia, South Africa and Senegal at the G7 summit in Germany in the Bavarian Alps 
on July 26 to 28th. And apart from BRICS and G7 meetings, External Affairs Minister Jay Shankar is also working on hosting an ASEAN Foreign Ministers meeting in Delhi in mid-June. So we are expecting to hear much more about the food bans or the wheat export bans and how to improve India's food security in this global situation. Remember, ensuring national security, including food security, is, of course, every nation's sovereign right. India cannot be faulted for battening down on its wheat exports in the face of a shortfall due to climate and other reasons, and especially given the soaring prices, the inflation, and how it is hitting India's population. Where the government can be faulted is in making promises at the international stage, publicly, which it has had to reverse within a few weeks. Remember, credibility, consistency, dependability remain very important determinants of any country's foreign policy and of the power and influence it wields in the world. So we're going to give you some reading recommendations and I will not get very technical because I myself wouldn't understand a lot of these issues at a very technical detail. But there are some uh, books that give you a sense of the food security challenges for the world. To begin with, I would say the Rome-based UN agency, the FAO, the Food and Agricultural Organization, has recently put out a full report. It's called The Importance of Ukraine and the Russian Federation for Global Agricultural Markets and the Risks Associated with the Current Conflict. So very focused report. It's about 41, 42 pages. Definitely worth a read. On a broader scale, and it is also available online, on a broader scale, I would really urge you to read Daniel Jurgens, and I've recommended Jurgen before, but his latest book from, I think, 2020 is called The New Map, Energy, Climate, and the Clash of Nations. It brings in the impact of the conflict on food security as well, but really talks about these complex issues on a broader scale and puts it very simply. Then this one is a very interesting book. It is slightly ideological. In 1979, there was a journalist called Dan Morgan who brought out what was seen as a revolutionary book on the inside view on food trade, looking at five or six of the world's biggest food and seeds companies. It was called Merchants of Grain. That uh, book is available some places. It's a little hard to come by, but it was uh, re reprinted in the year 2000. But there is this book that is much more recent in 2019, which you could try and get your hands on, called Out of the Shadows, The New Merchants of Grain by Jonathan Kingsman. Uh, it really updates the global food trade industry story to the present. Another book that does it not for wheat and for food grain, but for coffee. But it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting read and it really did very well on the reader's uh, shelf. Uncommon Grounds, it's called The History of Coffee and How It Transformed Our World by Mark Pendergast. And finally, out this month, and this has nothing to do with the food security debate. This is much more about Prime Minister Narendra Modi finishing 20 years in governance in Gujarat and in Delhi. It's called Modi at 20. I've read the chapters in there, very interesting bunch of chapters on foreign policy by External Affairs Minister S. Shankar, also by foreign policy and national security policy by NSA Ajit Dobal. But there are a lot of others who have actually written about India's position at the world stage, particularly when it comes to trade, when it comes to business, IT and all the rest. It is an interesting book, although obviously a fairly one-sided and hagiographic account of uh, Prime Minister Modi's time in office. We do hope you enjoy reading all our recommendations and join us again here on Worldview from the team here. Thanks for watching.